Part 1. T minus 7 years. Chapter 1. 3.5 G's of crushing pressure exerted itself on the bodies and organs of the two astronauts geared up in their orange flight suits locked into takeoff position inside the compact spacecraft atop the rapidly ascending rocket. These two veterans of spaceflight were used to these conditions. What they were not used to was a dangerous rescue mission they were embarking on, one that had never been attempted before. Three days earlier, the crew of the Pisces III, one of Earth's first full-size commercial space stations, stopped transmitting. To make matters worse, the Pisces was losing orbit rapidly. Thousands of techs, engineers, and analysts from around the globe working on this problem around the clock came up with the plan that was now being set in motion at 28,000 kilometers per hour. As Brent Carlson, commander of the mission, waited for the vibrations in his skull to subside, he recalled the words of NASA chief Mike Johnson a day earlier as he addressed him and his pilot Calvin Williams. We were sending two of NASA's, actually, two of Earth's bravest and best astronauts up in our most advanced spacecraft to rescue the crew of the Pisces, Johnson said. This has never been done before, and I have 100% faith that you will pull this off for the sake of the crew of the Pisces and for the honor of the astronaut corps. The world is watching. Godspeed. Not too much pressure there, Brent thought. Their spacecraft reached a constant velocity some 220 kilometers above the Earth, and the familiar feeling of microgravity set in. From here, they would have just over four hours before the Wyvern completed its five automated engine burns that would bring them in for the rendezvous with the Pisces. Brent and Williams got the signal from the ground control to take off their helmets. As Brent removed his, he felt the heat of the capsule air and breathed in the familiar aroma of the cockpit, body odor and motor oil, like a cross between a locker room and an auto shop. How you making out over there, Hulk Jr.? asked Brent. Williams shot him a look. Brent had given him the nickname because of Williams' muscle-bound 5'7 frame. Normally, excessive muscle was a detriment to space operations, but Williams had an ease of movement gained from years of climbing in and out of the cockpit as a Marine Corps fighter jet pilot. He was one of the few African Americans to make more than four trips to space, a feat he was not shy of bringing up repeatedly. Doing just fine, Wolverine, Williams retorted. You? Wolverine was a nickname Williams had chosen to mock Brent's occasional temper flare-up. Brent, with his short, cropped brown hair and lean athletic build, actually kind of liked the label since he thought it matched him well with the mammal known for its strength and ferocity out of proportion to its size. Rock solid here, said Brent. Only two of Earth's finest ready to save the day. Actually, that reminds me, said Williams. I know why they're sending me up being practically the best damn pilot alive. Still haven't figured out why they sent you, though. Brent let out a laugh. I'm just here to make sure that helmet fits over that big head of yours, buddy. He extended his fist over to Williams, who bumped it, completing their orbital insertion good luck ritual. All right, let's get ourselves mentally prepped for this mission, said Brent. Only four hours to contact. Roger that, said Williams. It really wasn't a mystery why Brent was here. Years ago, Brent had been a child prodigy, excelling in the field of astrophysics. He possessed a unique supercomputer-like mind that could mentally build and break down objects in his head, run multiple simulations on those objects, and tweak minor details to get variations on results allowing him to see things others couldn't. While 13-year-old kids in his neighborhood were lucky if they could identify a constellation, Brent was discovering galaxies. 
Brent gave up the safe and boring path of academia for a life of adventure in the army, and eventually the astronaut corps. But there was no use thinking about that now. These were distractions. Funny what your mind thinks of when you're hurling towards a structure 100 times your size that is quite literally falling into the planet where one false move can send you spiraling out into the vast void of space, thought Brent. Brent used that daunting visual to focus himself. He reviewed the dossier in his head. He ran through the crew members, their faces, and backgrounds. He ran through the list of potential problems. There were many. There was potentially an oxygen shortage, power outage, and pressurization issues. There were so many possibilities and only so much time left.